Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. So, do you buy into the commonly held belief that marriage is hard work? If you do, then you're probably struggling more than you really have to in yours. Now, I see marriage as being a truly unique relationship because it has elements from every other relationship that you will ever have all rolled into one. It's a friendship, a business, a romance, a legal agreement, and in many cases, a family. And paying attention to all these inputs can be really challenging. But what if it could be easier? What if you adopted specific behaviors that have been proven to make success more likely? Well, if you're interested in that, you're in the right place. Because my guest, psychotherapist, journalist, and author, Dr. Kathy McCoy, is here to talk about how you can do this. So, Kathy, thank you for coming on the show and talking about what everybody wants to know, the secrets <laughs> to a successful marriage. <laughs> well, thank you, Leslie. I'm delighted to talk about it. And uh, I've done a lot of couples counseling in my life, and mm-hmm. um, as well as individual. And I've also been married for 46 years, so I've learned <laughs> a few things in all my right. yeah, that, yeah, it always comes to us a surprise that, that when, when I talk to people, it's like, you know, there's actually people who research relationships and marriages, and yes, we do have, you know, anecdotal experience because I just celebrated oh, sure. my 37th wedding anniversary. You know, and so, oh, but we do know some of, the, some of these things that work, and you wrote a piece that's on the Psychology Today website titled Eight Secrets for Lasting Love. And that's what I want to talk about today. So we're going to like start at the top and work through them and see, see okay. what happens. Okay. What I, are the eight secrets? Yes. Well, I love this first one. Keep your expectations realistic because I, I talk about expectations being the gremlins of relationships. <laughs> so, oh my God. so when you say that, what does that mean? Well, you know, I've seen so many couples who just come to um, couples counseling, and those are probably the lucky ones that right. actually go Get to help. couples yes. counseling. Some mm-hmm. of the rest just, you know. But a lot of times they panic. Mm. When, you know, they get to the first downtime or they get a little depressed or they have a disagreement and they think that, you know, they have the expectation going into a marriage that their partner will always make them happy and that downtimes and disappointments are signs that this love was not meant to be. Right. And, you know, I got a little bit of a head start on that because when I was getting married, I got this letter from the wife of a very dear friend of mine. And to set the stage a little bit on this, this is a guy who was my best friend from college. He still is my best Uh friend from college. But when we were in college, I was totally in love with him and hoped he'd notice me as somebody, (laughs) which he didn't. And so when he fell in love with Barbara and 
married her, it just broke my heart in a million pieces for at least a year. And then I kind of got my sense of humor back and we resumed <laughs> our friendship. Right. But 11 years later, I was getting married and Barbara sent me this letter that, you know, was congratulating us. But she said, you know, and it, marriage can be a healthy and a growing place for both. But I think it's really important that you understand going in that there will be times of depression and times of loneliness uh-huh. that aren't because the relationship isn't good, but because these are things that are endemic to the human condition. Right. It's and just... so don't blame your partner. Don't blame right. you know, I thought right. if she could be married to the best man in the world, <laughs> the best man who ever lived, right. still get depressed and lonely, who am I to get depressed and lonely married to my husband, Bob, you know? Right. And so who is hope, as hopelessly human as I am. So right. I kind of, you know, I, I took her advice. What was interesting was that I made a copy of her letter and gave it to their adult daughter when she was getting married last year. Oh, that's year. great. And we were sitting there looking over the letter together, and I told her my you know, how I found this particularly useful since, you know, Barbara was married to the best ever person who ever (laughs) lived and breathed. And Mary Kate, their daughter Mary Kate said, would you know, he's an A++ dad. And I know he's an A++ friend, but, you know, I think I'd give him a generous B as a husband because, you know, sometimes he doesn't always listen to her very much. And I know my mom can be difficult, but, you know, really, you know, but he's but hopelessly human too. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, this is why you know, people have these expectations of, oh, if I find the one, my, you yeah. know, they'll never hurt me. I actually did have a client, and I said to her, I said, what is, what, you know, if, if working with me is successful, what would that look like? And she said, mm-hmm. my husband will never hurt me again. And I went, oh, my uh, God. And I went, yeah, oh. that's not, I mean, now, not hurting somebody purposely is within our power, but not oh, hurting certainly. them ever through misunderstandings or miscommunications or the, well, if he just loved me, he would know the mind reading school of marriage. It's like, okay, those are not realistic expectations. Yes, we're both flawed human beings and we have to figure out how to do that. So I love that one. So let's go to the second one, which is kind well, of right, related. Just before. Okay. Just before we leave the first, I think uh-huh. that, you know, I like to emphasize that there are times of closeness and times of distance in any uh-huh. marriage. There are cycles. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important not to panic during a time of distance and that, you know, that you know you can be close again if you don't do anything to screw it up. Right. If you, you don't know, do anything. By yeah. fleeing right. or attacking Having your Having an affair or the, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's important to take responsibility for your own happiness and growth. And that can be empowering. Uh And, you know, blaming your partner for not rescuing you or not shielding you from life's passages can, you know, help you to see and appreciate all he or she does do. Right. I mean, and that's, and by the way, that's that's not their job either. But but this is the the next one is actually related. And and you say, make your relationship. Make your relationship a safe place. Yes. And I think, you know, there are times of anger and distance, but uh-huh. love can survive if you're gentle with each other. Uh-huh. I had a couple who used to just fight savagely. Uh-huh. 
And, you know, every time they disagree, they start flinging the divorce word around. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, don't, don't like, go to the that. word. I mean, that <laughs> really says yeah. that your relationship is temporary and fragile. Right. And, you know, you might hang in there and like our grandparents used to say, um, yeah. you have you ever considered divorce? No, murder, yes, divorce. (laughs) Right. So the thing is that um, I think being gentle with each other and, you know, as spouses, we know the tender spots Mm -hmm. and the hot spots Mm -hmm. in our spouses. And to take a deep breath and not go there is so important. Creating safety means, you know, don't go for the, tender spots, no displaced anger or caustic okay. remarks or needless criticism or threats, you know, right. like divorce, yeah. unless, you know, you're really wanting to do that and you're planning to follow through, hopefully right. not. But, you know, because it, it's uh, good communication is so important, even in the heat of conflict. And so I think that you can feel safe with each other. That's just so important. Right. Because, I mean, that's that, you know, Dr. Phil, love him or hate him, but that's you, your, your marriage, your home should be that safe place to fall. That it's like when I'm, when I'm struggling, you know, in the world, somebody's got my back, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But the next one you talk Mm -hmm. about, which is so incredibly important and the happiness studies bear this out. Focus on the positives, not the negatives of your relationship, which just seems like a simple thing to do, but, but human beings are wired to pay attention to the negative, those things that can harm us. And so, you yes. know, how, what do you recommend? Because, you, know, you know, I mean, I've had couples that's like, well, we never loved each other. It's like, can I take a look at your wedding photos, please? Because I don't believe yes. that. I mean, and I actually was saying to a couple you know, I was going back to this, I said, well, you know, if it's like, I cannot believe that it's always been this way, because if it's always been this way, I don't believe the two of you ever would have gotten married. And I, and I shocked them, you know, I shocked both of them, because it was like, oh, because they've rewritten their history. So, Uh so how do, what, how can we get people to actually focus on the positives? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I've said to couples sometimes, well, you've told me everything that's wrong with them. Now, you know, what made what attracted you to begin with? You know, I remember in couples counseling class, they used to tell us, you know, when they start escalating, Uh bring them back to, you know, what brought them together in the first place. And I remember I was, my first internship was working in a a place with court ordered couples Uh. and people and that, oh my God. And (laughs) so my first, my first couple was a drug abusing couple who had Uh. been ordered into counseling and they'd also been ordered into rehab. So they were clean and sober for the first time in their relationship. Uh. And their deal was they weren't sure they liked each other clean and sober. And so they came into the room and they're fighting and cursing at each other and calling each other horrible names yep. and two different languages and everything. And <laughs> so finally, and I, I thought, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so finally I thought, oh, bring them back to a happier place to ask them how they met. And so I did. And they looked at me suddenly united and they're totally just total disdain for me and they said 
we had the same crack dealer, okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they were so going, was, oh, okay, what do I do with this one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that uh, was the worst case scenario. Uh, but generally, when you bring people back, you know, think, what is it that attracted you to this person in the first place? Uh-huh. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he or she has some irritating habits or things that are a little bit more than irritating. You know, that's something to deal with. But think back on, you know, how is he or she a good person? Uh-huh. And what, you know, it's like, if, for example, if you have a partner who has a tendency to clutter, uh-huh. uh, maybe you can compromise. The clutter is confined to one room or to a right. <laughs> Or, you right. know, in my case, in my case, I love to tell stories, and sometimes I tell the same stories, depending on who's there. Right. Uh-huh. I'll tell the same story that my husband is probably. Right. <laughs> like 20 times million before. times. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he is so good about that. Right. Because he'll say, he'll smile and say, oh, it's like hearing a favorite song <laughs> or a familiar tune. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. He said, you're so you, consistent. But that's putting but and that's putting a positive spin on something that could is. that that could be allowed to be annoying. But you know, and, yeah. and it is, and I think that people don't understand that we can choose what we focus on, and when we ch- and when we look for the positives, we're going to find them. But we have to oh, be yeah, willing. Absolutely. To, we have to be willing to look for them and not just dump yeah. everything into the doom and gloom bin. Um, and so. Yeah. And it's important to forgive each other for not being perfect and to remind yourselves of all the qualities that make your relationship special, you know, in happier times. Right. And so this, this this next secret, which this one is so important, and you talk about team up especially in a crisis, because I talk about marriage as being the ultimate team sport, (laughs) Uh you know, and and so... But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like somebody, like I was saying before, somebody's got my back, you know, that I, I mm-hmm. don't have to worry about what's going on behind me because somebody's got my back, but not if we're not working yes. as a team. And, it, you know, yeah. and when you talk about a crisis, because one of the things that um, I have seen, um, because it's such a horrendous situation, is if somebody, you know, if somebody loses a child, that, oh, yeah. that that either drives the couple together or it blows them apart yes. because yeah. of how they cope with that. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, every parent's nightmare, of course, but, um, yeah. but, you know, but it's different when you've got somebody who's working with you. So how, what do you recommend in terms of helping people see themselves as a team? I think, you know, looking at something, you know, maybe it's a financial crisis or, you know, or losing uh-huh. a loved one, you know, heaven forbid a child, but yeah. I've seen that happen. Um, and, you know, job layoffs or, or problems with kids and, uh, you yeah. know, with that one, you know, somebody's kids on drugs and uh-huh. one parent has one thing, you know, one parent may be enabling a little bit and another person may be thinking it, yelling and screaming and laying down right. the law and, you know, and so they may not agree on how to deal with it. But I think in this situation, to say to yourselves, look, this is something that 
we're both struggling with it's you know impacting both of us or us as a family and we need to do something to right. resolve this maybe we need help in doing that but both seek mm-hmm. the help together again as a team you know right. uh, i think too often one might say oh I, you know i don't believe in therapy and no, but you know, i'm not crazy I'm just, <laughs> right you know, yeah. and uh, so they don't go right but i think you know sometimes if you do kind of take a deep breath and seek family counseling right. or um financial advice and counseling Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is that will help you together to resolve this um you know it can have a really good outcome you know if you can't do you know struggle through this together if you're too much at odds but you know it's important not to see each other as the enemy during something like this even if one person's layoff or financial mistakes has led to the problem you know, obviously, you know, you can, this can break you apart or you can solve it together. Right. And, and it's, it's yeah. so much and, better. And, I mean, and what is was it? Einstein said you can't, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. So sometimes you, do, you yeah. do need that, that outside help, that somebody who can see it from a different viewpoint because, you know, I only know the solutions I know. I don't know. You know so if somebody can give me another solution, oh, well, that's a good idea. So, you know, yeah, yeah I, I love, yeah. yeah, it's like I like to tell people, it's like therapy is not, it's like I don't want crazy people in my office and most of my clients aren't crazy. <laughs> They're just struggling with the normal everyday stuff that they don't know. So um, I want to, yeah. I want to remind my listeners that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with psychotherapist, journalist, and author, Dr. Kathy McCoy, about ways you can make your marriage stronger and more enjoyable. And if you're finding your marriage more difficult than you would like it to be, you're not alone, and you may even be wondering if it's worth it anymore. The truth is, most marriages can become easier and more fulfilling if you know what works. And if you'd like the inside scoop on having a better marriage, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a phone call and schedule your free no-obligation five-star relationship call. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching n is in nancy c is in charlie.com or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463 again that's 919-924-0463 and i want to get back to the eight secrets we've done four and now we're going to do the other four about having a good marriage so this this one is an interesting one because I, I i know what you mean by it but sometimes well, no, actually, I 100% agree about pay attention to the small stuff because there's a lot of people that's like, don't sweat the small stuff, and I disagree oh, yeah. with that. Yeah, this is the other side of the coin because mm-hmm. I know don't sweat the small stuff. It's like, you know, don't go ballistic because somebody squeezes the toothpaste tube in the middle. <laughs> I mean, please, do not. <laughs> right. Better. But the what I mean by the paying attention to the small stuff, it's just small acts of kindness Uh with each other, you know, acts of, uh, you know, showing affection. Please and thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. For starters, yeah. And and being, you know, expressing gratitude mm-hmm. for the other, for, um, you know, sometimes my husband will go to Starbucks and get a dragon fruit lemonade. And I'm in here doing telehealth. Right. And he will open the door just to crack and it just his arm will go through <laughs> and he'll set the drink. I have a little refrigerator near the door and so right. he go you know, puts his arm in and he then closes the door for in so that it's bad, like magic. Client, right. <laughs> yeah, my client all of a sudden this drink appears and I always thank him for it. And yeah. I thought, oh gee, and it always seems to be just at the time when I could right. really use that. But you know, I had a client the other day who um said something to me. She recently took a trip with her oldest son and his wife and she was recently widowed after a absolutely horrible marriage Uh. and she said that she was very moved to see how her son and daughter-in-law held hands and spontaneously expressed their love and that they you know gave each other little cards on any occasion Uh and, and just were so affectionate each other and she said wistfully that she never had that kind of affection yeah. in either of her two marriages. And, you know, I think, oh, gosh, that's so sad because she's such a lovely person. Yeah. And I know that if she had ever had a spouse who would reciprocate with that or, you know, who would inspire her uh-huh. to express, you know, affection, that it could have been so different for her. So I think that just the little things, a special gift, a note, a warm embrace, right. can go such a long way toward keeping your love alive. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it does, I mean, when people talk about being hard work, it's like, it doesn't have to take that much work. It just takes some attention. It's like, say, you yeah. know, please, yeah. thank you. How was your day? You know, you look tired uh-huh. or I'm, I'm heading into the kitchen to get a glass of water. Can I get you something? I mean, these very small yeah. things that, yeah. that, are, that are so powerful. Now, the next one you have, yeah. I love which is have fun and laugh together. It's like people get so, you know, either they're not spending time with each other, which I mean, on some level I do understand, but having fun and Uh laughing together is, is so connecting. It is. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. You can do that you know, after a busy day at work or, or something, you know, maybe, you know, think about, little in-jokes you might have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you know um just or a line from a movie both of you found oh, amusing yes. at one point and you bring it up again and you know it's just the in-jokes are a shared hobby or mm-hmm. maybe there's a film a tv show that you both find funny and enjoy laughing but then my husband and i have a thing where we may try to make mundane housework that we do in between all our busy schedules my husband does more than I do but we call it stealth housework and you know he might go in and I've just come home after a long day and I'm you know saying hello to the cats and he sneaks into the laundry room and folds all the laundry and puts it away before I have a chance to notice Yeah. And then I noticed, and I thought, oh, my God, you did that. Right. <laughs> Starts laughing. And <laughs> yes, yes. And I try to do the same thing with putting, you know, taking the dishes out of the dishwasher. It's almost a game because he's sitting right. not that far away. Or we have an open kitchen yeah. that opens into the great room. 
And so I make a game of trying to take everything out of the dishwasher, including the silverware, without, without him, him knowing it. Them. <laughs> yeah, and then he'll come into the kitchen and say, damn, I didn't even truly. I didn't hear you do, I didn't hear you do and, anything. Yeah, and so it's, you know, I think we're easily amused. <laughs> well, but, but you know, it's... Uh, but again, that also goes back to the positive, paying attention to the positives because it's so much easier oh, yeah. to laugh and have fun. And it's so funny because yes. before I became a therapist, I worked in retail. And so, you know, I would come, oh, I would you know, be wearing high heeled shoes or whatever. So I would come home and literally kick off my shoes wherever I just mm-hmm. happened to feel like kicking them off. And my husband was like, yeah. sweetheart, could you please put your shoes away? Yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Well, one day I came home. <laughs> And opened up my front door to find, I kid you not, eight pairs of shoes walking towards the bedroom. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I just, I burst out laughing. I thought, this was the most creative thing because he'd gotten really tired of asking me. And it did. It just made me laugh. And it's like, got it. As opposed to just. Oh, that's great. and, And it was, I just thought it was the most hysterical thing. (laughs) <laughs> see the, you know, all the shoes walking towards the bedroom. So I mean, th- so oh, so these, yeah. So yeah, these kind of very things are creative. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's much better than nagging, and so oh, it is. And so having fun and laughing together kind of requires your next one, which is be present. Yeah. So talk about that and one. That means showing. <laughs> It means showing up for each other. It means maybe listening without planning a response or mm-hmm. or you know, doing something like enduring the tedium of holidays with relatives, mm-hmm. his or yours, or visits from his or her old friends with an open heart and mind because mm-hmm. it makes your partner happy. Yes. And responding to a challenge or a crisis with empathy rather than impatience or mm-hmm. Living with gratitude, we've got into this a little bit earlier, for uh-huh. what is good, rather right. than taking each other for granted. And it can also mean you know, clo- communicating your feelings rather than closing off and shutting your spouse out right. when you're feeling sad or scared. And you know, sharing your joys and vulnerabilities really enhances your love over the years. And you know, silent treatment doesn't oh. do that. No. Yeah, that, no. that can be a whole passive-aggressive thing, but, you know, it's just being there for each other is so important, and it sounds very basic, but I think a lot of people forget that. Well, but this is where, you know, because you were talking about earlier about, you know, the potential of feeling lonely in a relationship, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes that's because, you know, I mean, some of it can be long-term stuff, but but some of it is you know, when, when, when we're present with each other, we see each other. We are, we are intentionally spending time. And, you know, I mean, it, and, and I know it can be really challenging, but I think it was, there was a book written, I don't know how many, gosh, probably now 10 years ago, called 168 Hours. It may even be longer ago than that. But that's how much time we all have per week. No, mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you have uh, whatever. Nobody gets more than 168 hours a week. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, and somebody else said a good, solid relationship, the couple spends 15 hours of uninterrupted one-on-one time together a week. So we're talking about 
of how much time yeah. we have in a week that we spend with each other. And it's like, you don't have that time to spend with each other? That's what you're going to say. Yeah. You know? And it's like, because yeah. I, mean, I get it. I mean, I get it, you know, but, but a marriage is not going to survive on neglect. We can't stick it in the corner and come back in 10 years and dust it off. It's like, I mean, I get it. I raised two kids <laughs> to adulthood. Yay. <laughs> they're, they're on their yeah. own. Woo-hoo. Um, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and we did it with the intention of, oh, the kids are eventually going to leave. We need to, we need to be taking care of this. I mean, so we've gone, you know, we've gone on vacations, just the two of us. You know, we've done, you know, the, when the kids were little, we would stick them in the, in the room with a movie and my husband and I would have a candlelit dinner every Friday night, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. telling the kids, it's like, do not walk into the dining room unless the house is on fire or one of you is bleeding. Cause there's going to yeah. be like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, Absolutely. and, and they just adjusted to it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's being present. It's like, this is why you got together. And then this last one is really interesting. And I, and I really like it because I really think that's what marriage is designed to do. But you say, mm-hmm. allow each other room to grow. Yes. And, you know, some spouses fight change and growth because they fear a partner growing away. And unfortunately, this can be a self-fulfilling prophecy uh-huh. if one partner is impervious to change. I have a, a, a client at the moment who's in the middle of a divorce and she's 30 years old Uh. and she was married for 12 years to her husband. And she said, you know, to be fair to him, when she married him, she was attracted to him because he had a job and a really cool truck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So, so her thing going in wasn't exactly, you know, for an adept relationship. But during their time together, she has worked and gone to school, and she eventually got a degree. She has a really good job. He's still working kind of part-time things Uh and, you know, hasn't. And she's said, let's take a course together. Let's learn a language together. Uh Let's do things together. And he hasn't been interested. And yeah. he except you know, he wants to play video games and right. hang out with his buddies. But and, you know, that's what pleases him. But he you know, she's pleaded with him over the years, you know, okay, I play video games with you. Can we do something together right. you know, that pleases me? And he was, Oh, well, no, I don't want to take a class, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so they just have gradually grown apart and she said, You know, I find I can't really have a good conversation with him and she said, I think my needs are changing with time too. Right. And well I mean so you know, she said he's a good person, but I can't you know, I just can't go on with this. Well, I mean, and, you know, I look at marriages, I mean, it's, to me, it's designed to make us grow because I'm, I'm oh, having, yeah. I'm having to work with this other person and fig, and we have to figure these things out. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I like it. I, one of very early on, I was at a 
seminar and he was talking about you know marriage it's like you it's, it's like you're in a boat together and you know you, you get in yeah. the boat and you set sail and now you got to figure out how you're going to ride you know, ride through the storms and you know what direction you're going to go and are you both rowing in the oh, same direction you know, I mean I thought it was a great analogy and you know and, and, yeah. and I also I also liken marriage to a three-legged race um, my daughter is mm. you know my son's <laughs> six foot one with very long arms and legs and my daughter we jokingly call her vertically challenged and you know so if they were good so if they were going to be tied together he would have to slow down she would have to speed up we have to adjust mm-hmm. to the rhythms of this other person and you yeah. know that that requires the ability to handle growth and change oh, <laughs> both Absolutely. both in, both individually you know, and mm-hmm. as and as our couple, so it's kind of like you know the jigsaw puzzle that the pieces are kind of always changing, and yes, you know, and and this idea that that I'm, I mean, probably my values are still the same as when I met my husband, but my interests have changed, and uh-huh. you know, I mean, like I said, when we met, I was doing retail, and then I did something completely different. So I mean, you know, it's like we we don't, we, you know, we're not going to stay the same and so how how do we not get freaked out by well I think we go back we have whatever oh yeah and I think that's a, a biggie um you know because I know I I went back to school my first two college degrees are in journalism right and I worked as a journalist and a writer years before I ever went back to school and became a therapist. And I remember when I was going back to school, people were saying, oh, to my husband, oh, she's going to be a therapist. She's going to be analyzing you all the time. Oh, this is going to be horrible. Uh-huh. And, you know, he didn't realize that I am so off duty when I go. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, it was funny because um, the advantages of my doing this, he said, became apparent very early on when I was doing my first internship, the one with the court ordered people. Right. Because I would come I was doing it for nine hours on Sundays. Oh my goodness. I would because I was working full time mm-hmm. and that was the only time I could do the internship. And so I would come home on Sunday night and I would look at him and I'd say, Oh Bob, you're so wonderful. <laughs> yes, and he would say, "You know, this is going to be very good." Right. But, you know, it it took a long. You know, he always took a lot of pleasure in seeing me do work I loved. Yeah, and was very generous about that, and and enjoyed my pleasure in the work, and also enjoyed seeing me try something quite yeah. different from what I've been doing before. It isn't quite as drastically different as, you know, he thought initially, but, you know. And so, um, you know, it it was something that helped a great deal. I remember um, in the PhD program, um, somebody said during convocation, one of the administrators said, well, say goodbye to your spouse now because it'll be five years before you can really connect again. And I thought, oh, my God, that's horrible. And so when I was in a position to say something to incoming graduate students, it was like, hold your spouse tight. Yep. You know, you're in this yeah. together. Yeah. And so I think to see a person 
acquiring new skills or growing intellectually or going back to school and making a career change. I think it's even more important to, you know, again, as we talked about earlier, see each other as a team. Yep. This is something that's going to require efforts and sacrifices uh, right. for both work. of you and may also be rewarded right. just to see the per, you know, a person you love grow into something different. And I think that, uh, you know, my husband, I've been, I've been able to appreciate his professional growth as well. Yeah. He made a little bit of a turn <laughs> inside his real profession into doing something that he never thought he would do, which was he went from production to sales. Yep. And he never imagined himself doing sales. <laughs> he liked it quite well. Good for him. So, yeah, so it, it you know, I think that it can be rewarding for both. But for some person to try to prevent mm. um somebody from doing something that's really important for them, that's really crucial to their growth, can sow seeds of yeah. discord for decades to come. Absolutely. So, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing um, these wonderful tips. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you know, your writing? and Because and, you do, you write a column for Psychology Today. Uh huh. Um, they could uh, find my writing web website, which is Dr. Kathy McCoy, and that's Kathy with a K. It's D R K A T H Y M C C O Y dot com, and that has all my books. And it also has a way if you want to send me a message, ask a question, or whatever, um, you can send me a message through the website also. So fantastic. So I have long said that no one takes the Relationship 101 class and everyone should. This includes people who are already married and those who are considering it because there is a lot of information available about what works and what doesn't. And those in successful relationships have embraced learning about and applying what works. So hopefully you walked away with some great tips for today. And the question that I have is what would help you get started to use those tips? And hopefully one of the things that you'll keep doing in support of your marriage is to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.